Welcome to episode one of ER Educational Reform, The Real Emergency. I'm Jordan Schiff. And I'm Blake Schechtman. And in this podcast series, we'll be talking about the need for educational reform. Blake will start this discussion with a brief background of public schooling. Yeah, so public schools were created to secure citizens' right to an education with the hopes that it would prepare the upcoming generation for the fast-paced, hectic world. In affluent suburbs such as Gumby, Illinois, this intention is reinforced as students are offered high-quality education, as every student is offered a personal computer, online textbooks, and even school psychiatrists. These positive externalities help schools such as Glenbrook South High School, my school, um, in Glenview, Illinois, achieve a near 98% graduation rate and see almost 96% of students pursue some form of higher education, such as community college, trade school, or a four-year university. So what's the difference between your school and other public schools in Chicago? So sadly, these resources such as, you know, online textbooks, personal computers, and school psychiatrists, uh, which are necessary in today's environment, um, to learn do not exist in some Chicago public schools. For example, schools such as Harper High School in Chicago, Illinois, whose student population is 96% African American, lack essential resources such as textbooks and qualified teachers, which are only some of the factors that contribute to its mere 57% graduation rate and nationally high rates of student violence and brutality. This problem disproportionately affects African Americans as many are located in poor urban communities as a result of past or current systematic racism. So why does this problem disproportionately affect African Americans? Well, one reason African Americans are disproportionately affected by this problem is because of housing discrimination back in the 1960s. Um, It forced them to live in these areas and communities um, with poor public schools. So for example, uh, black families who tried to move away from low-income communities faced blatant discrimination from apartment building owners, home sellers, real estate agents, and community associations. The, dis- the discrimination that took place forced African Americans to live in communities that lacked high-quality housing, schools, and other public services. Since the schools in these areas were of low quality, it was very difficult for African Americans to get an education and then gain the means to move out. As a result of the housing prices decreasing, the taxes brought in also decreased. This hurts schools even more as a $1 increase in per-pupil state aid increases aggregate per-pupil housing values by about $20, which indicates that potential residents value educational expenditure. When an area's school lacks quality education, it decreases the housing prices, which furthermore decreases the funding allocated to schools. Um, Many people move to areas with very well public, very good uh, public schools, which is the reason why these housing prices in these areas go up. That's crazy how African Americans face housing discrimination back in the 1960s and how it affects current day issues. I totally did not understand the scope of this issue. In my prior research, I focused on African Americans and their ability to achieve higher education and the current day discrepancy in degree attainment. According to the article African American Studies, Bachelor's degree attainment for African Americans is just 29% for African American ages age 25. By comparison, degree attainment for white individuals 25 to 29 years old was 45%. In the upcoming episodes, Blake and I talk about possible solutions from equity and opportunity, different affirmative action programs, and a voucher program that, her- that hope to fix this educational issue.